Uh, welcome as we come to worship today. Uh, whether you join us in person uh, or you're online, and whether you're a regular or indeed you're a visitor today, we bid you a warm welcome and we hope that you feel at home uh, as we come to worship um, here today. We also welcome uh, our visitor, uh, our visiting speaker. I don't know how we're going to describe you today, uh, but you're really welcome amongst us, Mrs. Johnson. We look forward to what uh, we'll, we'll hear from you a little bit later uh, in the service. As we begin today, we hear um, some words from the book of Philippians, um, chapter 4 um, and verse 10. The Apostle Paul says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. As we come on this Harvest Sunday, we come to give thanks for the bounty of God's creation. We come to give thanks for the faithfulness of a God who walks with us and who goes before us through those things that we experience in life. And we hear that promise, that urge this morning to be content with where we are, to be content with what he has given us and to rejoice in those moments that we are where we are, but we have a faithful God with us. Whether we're finding that positive or negative, whether we're finding that difficult or easy in this moment, he is still here. And he is still in our midst. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted when I remember God I moan when I mutated my spirit faints you hold my eyelids open I am so troubled that I cannot speak I consider the days of old that years long ago I said let me remember my song in the night let me meditate in my heart then my spirit made a diligent search Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favourable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O oh God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. 
The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Sure. Thank you very much to the Pedlow family um, and to the Colbert family for leading us through those parts um, of our service. I want to invite Mrs. Johnson um, to come forward at this stage. Um, <coughs> All right. I uh, think so. Yep. Yep. Uh, on yet? No. Okay. On now. That's us. Super. Uh, wonderful to have you um, today, Mrs. Johnson. Please call me Hillary. We're out of school. <laughs> okay, yes. lovely to have you. It's one of my old habits. Uh, it's okay. one that's not whenever I go into school. Uh -huh. um, everybody calls me something different whenever I arrive in school, don't they? So, um, yeah. But uh, it's great to have you, um, and we look forward to what you are going to bring to us uh, in this moment. Um, we, uh, I asked a few of the children um, this morning as they came in, if they were to ask you a question, what would it be? So, here we go. Are you ready for this? Okay. You haven't seen these or know these? No. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with a really hard one. What's your favourite ice cream? Oh, toss up between salted caramel and a honeycomb. Oh. Mm, depends what mood I'm in, like yeah. most females. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe a sort of mental question that is, what, what mega of ice cream? Because that kind of sorts mm. people out, really, doesn't it? Do you know, where do you go? Where do you go for your ice cream? Oh, not really that fussy. Oh, right, no, okay. Yes, All right, okay. Yeah. Unlike the rest of the females. Um, sorry, did that come out over the microphone, did it? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I wasn't sure about that. Uh, okay, um, what's your favourite food? Oh, I am a foodie. I like a lot of food. Okay. I, mm, so I don't, hmm, don't have a particular favourite. Um, I do love a roast beef dinner, though. Oh, right, okay. With Yorkshire's and gravy. Oh, everything. Oh, uh, all, yeah. the, all the trimmings. Full works. Okay, uh -huh. brilliant. Okay, so what's it like to be your principal? Ooh, <laughs> how long have you got? We just we jumped there from <laughs> ice cream and food yes. to you. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> with that one, really, didn't right we? Right in there. Um, well, it's, it's, a very, it's a very privileged role. Um, so many wonderful things about being a principal and so many challenges as well. Um, so my honest answer is, there are good days, <laughs> there are great days, there are tough days, um, and you just have to take the rough with the smooth um, and, and go with it and really just try to lead with integrity and to always keep the children at the heart of what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, so. okay. There's been lots of these questions, but I'm kind of summarising yeah. a couple of them up. So okay. the, the, another one that was kind of coming in a couple of times was, what's the best bit and the worst bit of your job? Oh, <laughs> these are hard. Um, Oh, the best bit is definitely the children, um, without a doubt. The worst bit. He's <laughs> working with a local Church of Ireland. <laughs> no, no. Go on, you can say it. Go no, no. on. <laughs> the worst bit would be when WhatsApp groups get out of control. That is definitely the worst bit. Okay. When WhatsApp groups go go awry. Yes. Um, and last one. Mm -hmm. um, what's it like to love Jesus? That has been a journey of my life, really. I I became a Christian when I was very young. Um, and I have that that has been a walk that has continued, that has developed, that continues to develop. Um, and I think with every season in life, my children are now getting older. My youngest is seventeen, and I think that 
uh, with the seasons of life, your faith matures and grows with that, or it should do. Yeah. <laughs> There's something wrong if we're not. Um, so yeah, that is, that is my anchor, absolutely, and, and how I set my sail each day um, with my faith uh, before me. Okay, yeah. so. okay, well I'm going to hand over to you, uh, okay. but I want to pray with you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Father God, thank you uh, for this moment. Lord, we thank you for Hillary. Uh, we thank you for the investments she has in the life of this community and, and for our children. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the moments that you've whispered uh, into her heart and her being for preparation today. Uh, Lord, may your spirit guide her and lead her in this moment. Um, and Lord, may we have hearts that are open and receptive in this moment. In your name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, it is a real privilege uh, to be here because it's such a privilege to be so connected with this church family in our, in our community. Um, you'll have to forgive me, I am so nervous. <laughs> just, somebody asked me on the way in, do I preach often? Well, so let's get the expectations right down. I don't preach ever. Um, I'm not a preacher, but I do have a few thoughts that I hope will encourage you and inspire you. But um, Reverend James, as he's affectionately known in Harmony Hill, is such a great friend of our school and gives us so much support. So if I had said no, <laughs> it would have been really wrong because we call on him often and he volunteers the services so willingly, as did Stephen McElhenney before. So we have been richly blessed by this congregation and so it would have been very remiss of me not to have taken the steps to return a little bit um, to you. So um, thank you for putting up with this this morning. Um, when Reverend James did send through a screenshot and had written the word sermon, and I thought, well, let's get rid of that, please. It's not a sermon. Um, however, I, it is so lovely to be here. It's so lovely to be in a harvest service again, because of course we've missed out on so many experiences over the last few years with the pandemic, the last 20 months. And so it's really lovely to feel that sense of return to increasingly um, to things that are a little more normal and that help us to plot our the season of our life throughout um, the year. But you know the beauty of the flowers that give us great pleasure and encourage us to celebrate as well as to give us comfort and support us in tough times or the produce that feeds and sustains life and is shared again across the seasons and indeed within the seasons of our lives. Food's such a part of celebrating supporting and being together and I know that maybe over COVID restrictions you've missed some of that and maybe you know if I have to pine for every time I said oh, I'd love to meet so-and-so for coffee or I'd love to have the family up for this or I'd love to celebrate in some way or maybe you're one of those people who was really quite glad that a lot of that didn't happen and you were quite happy not to have all the big family gatherings and it worked to your advantage but of course as, as James shared actually earlier on um, so much of what happens um, at harvest time, there has, a, has to be so much reaping and gathering. Before the, the reaping, gathering and harvesting can happen, there's had to be a lot of digging. There's had to be a lot of preparing of the ground and the sowing of the seed and the tending of the land before anything beautiful or essential can be gathered in. And it's really that idea of sowing seeds that I'd like to consider over the next few moments and um, Reverend James has already touched on that today, although we didn't confer, so he didn't know that I was dipping into that too. So at least if I talk a lot of rubbish, you've already had a good word from him. <laughs> so that's good. It's always a relief. But if we take the seed as an analogy or a metaphor of who we are and how we think and how we live on a day-to-day -day basis, 
we're forced to consider the potential and power within each of our lives um, in the things that we say, in how we live, in how we act. And there's always an outcome, there's always an, a harvest of some description or other from our lives, whether we like it or not. Sometimes that can be a great thing. Sometimes we have to hang ourselves in shame every now and again when we make mistakes and we realise that what we have sown is not really what we wanted to sow. And that's the same for adults as well as children. We're always continually learning. But when we plant seeds, we don't see the harvest in that seed. We believe that it's there and we anticipate the abundance, but it's really not initially visible. We anticipate the beautiful colours of the flowers we love the colours of the sweet pea, the dahlias, the poppies, or the taste of the chilies, the leeks, the cauliflower, and the joy of harvesting those crops and picking the flowers and the satisfaction of the harvest after the hard work that went before. But of course, it takes time for all of these seeds to become a harvest. Every seed only holds a potential gift, just like our lives. They are a potential gift. There are innumerable types of seeds, just like all of us, innumerable, innumerable personalities, personality types. And every seed can grow new fruit, multiply and produce many more seeds. Every seed is packed full of possibility and seeds have vastly different germination times and growth times, just like the crest seeds that can grow in a couple of days or the acorn that is planted and can take so many years before the majestic oak tree is formed. But of course, the oak tree is the thing that stands the test of time, whereas the crest seed that spread it up so quickly is quickly lost. So the potential in the seed can only be realised when it is sown and tended and harvested. We don't plant cauliflower and get roses. We don't plant cabbages and get fuchsias. There's a direct correlation between what we plant and what we reap. We plant a conquer to eventually become a horse chestnut and not a willow. So the farmer and the gardener will always have to battle against the dangers and the threats of disease, of the weather, um, that's not so favourable to the growth of the seed, of insects and animals that threaten the healthy growth, of environmental factors like the wind, rain, frost, earthquake, depending on where you live, fire, flood, that can cause such devastation, and we see that so often on our news in recent days, and they can wipe out a crop within minutes. Things happen in the harvest that cannot be easily controlled. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Whether we like it or not, every single day we scatter seeds, seeds full of potential to bring harm or good. We sowed seeds within our own lives, we sowed seeds within our homes, within our wider circles of family and friends, within our workplace, within our church, within our classrooms, the places of our hobbies, the connections at the school gate, the connections at the church doorway, the clubs we take our children or grandchildren to, the people we casually come in contact with over the course of a day, and the people we literally do life with more consistently. And I think if we're all very honest, and I know in my life, there are days when the seeds that we sow vary in their potential to do harm or good. We may have the very best of intentions, but our humanity can get in the way. Misunderstandings can occur. There's nothing quite like a school for misunderstandings to occur, other than a church. I think probably the two probably go quite well together. <laughs> Things go wrong. Pressures mount. Illness happens. Bereavement shakes us to our core. A pandemic destabilizes everything. 
and each of us can find ourselves left, finding that our thoughts and our feelings can collide. Disappointments, debt, frustrations, irritations, worry, stress, exhaustion, envy, bitterness, a persecution complex can all take over and threaten to strangle the more wholesome and positive seeds in our lives. And like the gardener and the farmer, we must respond and take action. The farmer can't leave his crop to go to rain, just like we cannot leave our lives to go to rain when things happen that we cannot control, and it happens to all of us. As someone once said, your mind is like a garden, your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds, but that is easier said than done. It can be so easy to allow negative seeds to take root and drain us to our core. It can be so easy for us to pull others into our negative frame of mind and to share unhelpful comments or thinking that fails to encourage, inspire or support. And little do we realise that when we give way to that type of mindset, we crush so much potential in our own lives as well as the lives of those around us. Weeds threaten the beauty and the potential of any harvest, just like they threaten the beauty and the potential of each of our lives. And I think that as we emerge from this pandemic, we need to be particularly on guard and ask the Lord's help to protect the quality of what we sow in our everyday lives. No age group has been unaffected by the last 20 months, and many people have carried huge pressure unique to their own personal circumstances. So there's a lot of rebuilding and reshaping that needs to occur, occur in so many spheres of life, whether that's in education, the health service, retail, sport, leisure, hospitality, politics, the church. For those who've carried a lot during this pandemic or who've had significant personal challenges along the way to cope with also, the energy for the journey ahead can perhaps feel a little bit out of reach. And so my question this morning is, how do we get through such times? How do we manage when the pressures come at us from every angle or when illness suddenly strikes or bereavement suddenly comes at us? And you know, things generally, when people are under a lot of pressure, it's never just one thing, is it? It's always a collision. There's always more than one thing that comes at us. And how do we protect the quality of the seeds that we sow, especially when we can't control so many things that happen? And it's not easy. So what does scripture say to support us with the challenges of each new day and to inspire us to sow the seeds that bring glory to God and to help and to courage to other people? In the passage that the Pedlo family read to us, the psalmist was certainly feeling overwhelmed and challenged by life as he was experiencing it. In verse 2 he says, My soul refuses to be comforted. He even admits to moaning as he remembers God and to his spirit fainting as he meditates on the things of God. He talks about his spirit being so troubled that he can't even speak. And I don't know about you, if you've ever experienced situations like that where your faith is just so low because you've so much coming at you. He was depressed, he was anxious, he was worried. And essentially it was easier for him to just wallow in self-pity and to accept the challenge of calling, but then to accept the challenge of really calling to memory the blessings of God in his life. And I'm sure that most of us, if not all of us, can identify to periods like that in our own lives. But it's clearly that this is not how the psalmist wants to feel. 
He doesn't want to feel defeated. He doesn't want to feel grumpy. He doesn't want to feel negative. He doesn't want to feel out of sorts. He desperately wants to feel better. And again, I'm sure that most of us can identify, you know, when you're one of those moods and everybody knows you're one of those moods and you don't really want to be in one of those moods, but you're still in one of those moods. And it's just sometimes we just have to take a step back and try to get ourselves back on track with the Lord's help. And that's exactly what the psalmist did. In verse 6, after pouring out his very human feelings to God in a very honest way, a very authentic way, he forces himself, the scripture says, to make a diligent search. He literally starts to remember the faithfulness of God and his mercy, his mighty deeds, his wonders and his power. And this reminds me so beautifully of Lamentations 3, some of my favourite passages of scripture. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And in both of these passages of scripture, those verses from the Psalms and Lamentations 3, the lesson from the servants of God who have gone before is to remind us that we need to take action, to be intentional about calling to mind the faithfulness of our God remembering his steadfast love, a love that is guaranteed, something steadfast, it's in place, it doesn't move, it's there. A love that is guaranteed in place every single second of our lives and fresh new mercy to enable us to face and embrace each day because his fresh new mercy embraces us every morning. At its core, mercy is about forgiveness. The wonder of that is that when our humanity gets in the way, and I am far from perfect, my humanity gets in the way, and we water the wrong type of seeds in our lives, but our Heavenly Father comes to us and he allows us to start each day over again. He allows us to start each day with mercy. He allows us to start each day with forgiveness and steadfast love. And if that's how he chooses to bless us on a daily basis, then surely those are the seeds that we should be sowing. Surely that's how we ought to try to live our lives in that same way, albeit with our human limitations kicking in alongside where we have to ask his forgiveness again and again. We can't stop many of the challenges in life, but we can try to keep our responses in check. In Luke, uh, James, sorry, James 3, verse 18, it says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Lord, thank you for the fresh mercy of today, should be our prayer as we set our feet on the ground each morning. Thank you for the steadfastness of your love and help me to walk in that mercy and in that love and to show that mercy and love to others around me. We will trip up, of course we will, but when we do, there is fresh mercy each day. At the start of this pandemic, when the world was full of fear, and sometimes we've kind of got into a wee bit of a, a lull with it, but when you think back to how it was in March 2020, and literally the entire world was full of fear, and none of us knew what to expect, and we were just getting information from all sorts or no information, and it felt that we were on the brink 
of being in the valley of the shadow of death. I will never forget the day that we had to close the gates of school to the vast majority of children. Although Harmony Hill, we never closed the school. We were open through from the very first day of lockdown and we were open right through the Easter holidays. We were open through the second lockdown. In fact, in the second lockdown, we nearly had 200 children in on a daily basis and 17 bubbles running. So we've, we've kept things going. But I, I don't know about you, that right back at that starting point, there was such a fear and such a feeling of, I remember shutting the gates of school and thinking, it was such an emotional day. We went to the canteen in school and we were all crying and everybody was so concerned about the families connected to, the, to our school, which children would be back, which parents would be affected, which grandparents would be affected. And there was such a feeling of despair and worry and concern. And I read in Psalm 77, um, or Psalm 73, about the whole, um, about the, the, when the earth totters and all its inhabitants, and it felt like the whole earth was tottering, didn't it? When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keeps steady its pillars. And I took those verses at the start of the pandemic as I tried to lead in our school community, and as I, I felt such huge responsibility and such huge, um, I felt, I, I guess I felt hugely maternal for all the children in the school and I just, you just wanted to protect everybody and of course we couldn't really do that, that wasn't a reasonable expectation, we could only do our best. But I remember thinking that the Lord is the one who keeps the pillars steady. It did feel like the whole earth was tottering but the Lord was the one keeping the pillars steady. Psalm 77, the psalm that we read today, also talks about the earth trembling and shaking. But at the end of that psalm, words that have really inspired me so much in this journey, um, and for my family as well, it says, your way was through the sea. Your path was through the great waters, yet your footprints were, not, were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now don't forget, this was the, the Egyptians were hot on the tails behind um, the Israelites as they went through the sea. But the promise of the Lord to the Israelite children was that he was with them, going through the sea with them, through the journey, very much walking with them. And, and I don't know what any of you are facing um, at the moment um, as we come out of pandemic or the things that have collided in your own families and your own personal life. But those are such amazing words of comfort just to know that as we go through the sea, through those tough times, through the waters, that there are always unseen footprints walking with us and that the Lord leads us with that loving shepherd heart as he guides us through. I remember my eldest daughter was in Cardiff. We were trying to get her home. School was needing everything. It was just, everybody was feeling the pressure. You were worrying about school. You were worrying about your family. My dad lives alone because we lost my mum a couple of years ago and I was worrying about him. I was worrying about um, my sister-in-law who was about to have a baby. And everybody had worries about their family and about the situations that they were trying to lead in as well. And I remember sitting at the tea table one night and talking to my, my own um, kids about this verse and before you think we sit and talk scripture every night around the tea table, trust me, we're just like a normal family. <laughs> we have our debates and our discussions and all the rest of it. But it was just so significant. And, and I thought about my husband, who's a very steady person and very, um, he's just so, he's so steady. He's a real rock. And he just, I, I just knew, it would be, if he were, if we were the family walking through the sea with that imagery, 
Roy would have been just steadily walking along, admiring the fish, being really chilled and doing my head in. You know, this is like, look at the fish, aren't they amazing? And I'm going, you know, and my eldest daughter would have probably been writing a song. And my son, Benjamin, would have been um, looking for my youngest daughter, who's always at the back of everything and never ready whenever we're going anywhere. She's always running out to the car with her shoes in her hand. They're never on. And he would have been running back looking for her, telling her to hurry up and catch up with me. And I would have been hyper alert, checking out up and everybody, sending Roy to go and help somebody over there. And, you know, and that's just how we are. Um, but the key thing was that the same promise was for all of us with our five different personalities that we, the Lord was going to walk with us, each of us individually through the sea. And it's lovely even as you see this in your church, this lovely blue carpet and that, that image of as you come in the presence of God each week and into the house of the Lord, that that reminder of the Lord walking through the sea with those footprints. But not only walking with us, but choosing to remember as the psalmist did, he also had called to mind that the faithfulness of God and the years of the right hand of the Most High, it says in verse 10, the right hand of God that fights on our behalf and allows us to rest from the struggle because he takes on the task. So many scriptures about that. And there's one that I love, you know, it says, Psalm 63, verse 7, For you have been my help, and, the shadow in, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. And for all those days when your feet are kind of going under you and it's so hard and it's lovely just to know that lovely image of the Lord behind you with his right hand kind of holding you up. But then on the days when it's even tougher again, where it says that he actually takes your hand and we do a lot of things with our right hand if we're, if we're right handed, but he takes your hand. So he says, you know, take a rest, have a what, let me take your hand. And he keeps the action going and he keeps fighting on our behalf with his right hand. And those verses that just inspire us not to be shaken and to remember that the Lord is there with us. So we're choosing to water the seeds of a faith-filled life. A life that chooses to meditate on the faithfulness of God. And so much of that is so important as we come together as a church in church communities. And I, I know how much strength I get on Sundays just coming together in the family of God as it inspires me and supports me to live a faith filled life choosing to let our children see a godly response in tough times and I don't mean pretending that the challenge isn't happening but allowing our families to go on a journey with us as we walk through the very human emotions that we face in life's challenges and as we listen to and learn from our heavenly father and gradually walk through that sea with him I discovered recently that heirloom seeds are a thing um, I'd never heard of them before. Heirloom seeds or heritage seeds, they are a thing. Seeds that literally bring the past to life. And the seed has to have particular qualities to be put into this category. The seed has to have been sown and grown for decades, maybe even centuries. They have unique and very special characteristics that people want. Essentially, heritage seeds or heirloom seeds have stood the test of time. They might have had colorful pasts, but they have a strong heritage and they're guaranteed to be non-genetically modified. They're authentic, it's the real deal. And they must be grown in organic soil in healthy, honest, wholesome, fertile soil that has not been tampered with. And how I want my family to know that they can see authenticity in their dad and me, 
that despite our humanity and our failings, and we fail many times, that by God's grace, we can pass on a godly heritage, authenticity, and a faith that has stood the test of time. I want them to feel that they have been nurtured and watered in healthy soil, and I need my church family to help me with that. That as a family, we've been intentional to choose to pull out the seeds of envy, irritation, strife, weariness, moaning, all the things that threaten to choke the beauty of the grace and mercy of God in our lives. And that is frankly a lifelong lesson. But intentionally watering the good seeds in our lives, intentionally scattering good seeds around us. Galatians 5 verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Intentionally nurturing the fruit and the seed in our lives and in the lives of others. Intentionally teaching the generations that come after us to produce the right fruit in the next generation, those godly heirloom heritage seeds. And on a daily basis that we ask the Lord to help us to water and to tend those godly seeds in our lives. None of us are ever the finished article. May we scatter that love, scatter that joy, scatter that peace, scatter that patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control, knowing that those steadfast footsteps walk with us on a daily basis. There's a beautiful a word, a Hebrew word, that avodah, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of you know of, and it really talks about expressing a seamless life of work and worship and service, that wherever the Lord has decided to scatter us as his people. I think there's a book entitled Scattered Servants. I have never read it. But where the Lord has decided to scatter us as his scattered servants in whatever sphere of influence that we may have, that we would endeavor to learn and to live a life where our work and our worship comes with the same attitude, that we approach life with that same attitude and from that same root, that we water both in the same way. They're not distinctive roles, but very much part of who we are as we endeavour to be faithful in whatever the Lord has called us to do. Scattered servants who scatter godly seeds that we have first watered and nurtured in our own lives that we may gradually reflect his glory at home and at work and in worship. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Um, but our Harvest Appeal this year has been going two ways. Lots of the dried foods, um, obviously going to Lisburn Food Bank as we continue to partner with them. Um, and so thank you uh, for that. Uh, our, our monetary appeal this year is in our partnership, in a sense, with Harmony Hill Primary School. Um, uh, and so we ask you to give generously for that. Uh, I've tried to explain that a little bit. I don't know if you'd like to say uh, something a little bit about how we're going to use that money uh, in the school. However, that would be wonderful. Um, yes, thank you for your partnership with us. Um, as you will be aware, children of so many have um, many curriculum activities and systems that support the, the, all the children, really. And then there's a layer of need that kind of builds as, as needs build. And so this um, sensory provision that, that is, is coming in place, um, along with some other things that we're putting in place for 
other children here maybe struggling with confidence and things like that as, as they return to us. Um, there are many things that, that are reshaping, but the sensory provision really is for children who really stream and for whom there is perhaps no um, special needs setting um, or perhaps parents do not want their child to be in a special needs setting, which is also fine, but it's a mixture of needs. And children who really find um, just everyday life very, very difficult and who need extra support for that. So we've been getting some training in that because we're not a special school and we're always learning. Um, and we've that's But that would be wonderful to support us in setting that up to help some of our most vulnerable pupils. Thank you. Thank you. So really, that layer of uh, intervention, um, sowing the seeds early so that we can intervene, um, creating a legacy uh, for the future. So please do um, continue to give generously for that. If you're in person today, you obviously can leave your uh, envelopes uh, in the, the, the offering basket on the way out um, or over the next couple of weeks as well. If you're online and you want to uh, find out how to give, um, you can go to our website. Under the resources tag, you'll find a little bit about giving, and all the details will be there on how you can transfer funds electronically. And if you simply just mark that a harvest appeal, um, then we'll know what that um, is for. Um, so big thank you uh, for that. I'm going to cast our eyes to the screens again as we close um, today. Uh, we began this worship event with Thanksgiving. Uh, I call on you now to move out into the world with Thanksgiving. So we say together what's in the white. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Let thanksgiving enhance the joys that you experience. Let thanksgiving transcend the pains that you may suffer. Let thanksgiving sweeten the duties you must perform. Let thanksgiving underpin the griefs that you have cut may have to endure. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So may the love of the Father, the saving grace of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Amen. Amen.